You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey, everyone. I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice. I'm Jacoby with my good friend and co-host, Jerry. In every episode, we'll be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this episode, we're actually going to be doing our second interview. We had a great time on the first interview, and the second interview is filled with great nuggets as well. And on this episode, it's going to be our fellow realtor and friend, Sergio Nazaro. He's a realtor out of Denver, Colorado, and he's only been doing real estate for a very short time, but he has been super successful in the short time that he's been a realtor. And so just getting to hear how he's gotten to the point where he is now and what he does to stay at the level that he's at, I think is going to be really, really beneficial to you all. And so Sergio and I actually, we go way back. We actually went to the the Air Force Academy together. And that's actually how we know each other. And so getting to hear that story and how he got started is going to be a really, really good one. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. So I'm really excited to have my buddy and a really good friend, Sergio, onto the podcast here. Uh, Sergio and I, we go way, way back to uh, our college days at the Air Force Academy. And Jerry met Sergio through uh, one of our coaches, Kevin Ward, at a uh, Kevin Ward event through real estate. And so I'm really excited to have Sergio on the podcast here. I think he is going to be a really good candidate for success without sacrifice. Uh, He's had a lot of success and uh, he's had um, a really, really good journey. And I've really had a a great time watching his journey, especially after we've graduated from college here and seeing his real estate journey. And then without sacrifice, just seeing how he has changed over time and what he's learning and what that actually means to him. So what I would say is, uh, Sergio, give us a little bit of background on who you are and then uh, we'll kind of jump into things. Yeah, so I'm originally uh, from New Jersey, so I'm an uh, <laughs> Italian from New Jersey, moved to Houston, down to Texas, and then out to Colorado. And the reason we moved to Colorado uh, was because my parents got taken advantage of by a real estate agent. They got some bad advice from a realtor, and in doing that, they both ended up losing their jobs. So we came out to Colorado. They didn't have any jobs. We didn't have a home. And I think that was what really started this whole thing out, my whole story out. And that's why I had to go to the Air Force Academy, Jacoby, because my parents couldn't afford college. And I knew I had one shot to kind of get in there. So I ended up taking the SAT nine times, got into the Air Force Academy preparatory school, graduated from there, went to the academy, graduated with you in 2007. And then upon finishing up my time in the military after my deployment to Afghanistan, got out, was completely lost. Struggled really bad with some uh, post-traumatic stress from my deployment. Uh, I was going to grad school and I had helped start a CrossFit gym. None of those things were really fulfilling in my life. And so I knew the void that I wanted to fill was that continued service that I had learned in the military of service before self. And so I reached out to you about getting into real estate full time because you were doing it. And that's when the wheels started to click and I got my real estate license. Wait, I'm going to tap the brakes here. You're getting way, way ahead of us. I just got the elevator pitch of Sergio Nazaro's life. Yeah. And, uh, man, you're like throwing all this stuff out there. Like, I know I've got some good questions and, and I want to break some <laughs> of this stuff down. And so we're going to back it up a little bit. All right. And, uh, I, uh, as somebody, I, I didn't, I was never in the service. It's interesting that, you know, you, Jacoby, Coach Tim, like all of a sudden I have these connections to all these academy guys. And so when I meet people from the Air Force, I'm like, oh, I know a guy in the academy. Or I know, you know, like I know more guys in the academy than a lot of the Air Force guys I know. You know, so in <laughs> the, in that whole, and then when I meet a guy that's in the Air Force and I tell him I know some academy guys, like 
uh, there's a lot of guys in the air force that look up to the academy guys and uh so i don't uh i don't take it lightly anymore like all you jokers are in the academy and so now i know how serious it was but to back up to the academy i always get the uh, i always love hearing the story of how you ended up at the academy because it goes to one or two ways it's either i had no idea what the academy was or my dad, my grandpa, my brothers, my uncles, they all went to the academy. That seems to kind of be the story. So what's your story that got you to the academy? My dad introduced it to me and it was my junior year of high school. He's like, hey, let's go do a tour down there. And he was kind of telling, trying to tell me about it. He's like, maybe you could play hockey down there. I was like, cool, let's go look at it. And I did a tour my junior year and I'll never forget walking around with the cadets. It was an upper class cadet having like a full day experience where I got to watch them go to class, got to watch them go to lunch, got to watch them interact with each other. And it was the week before recognition, which is the Air Force Academy's hell week. It's what allows the uh, freshmen to kind of graduate and become part of the upper class. And I was watching the freshmen having to do all this work to earn the trust and the um, respect of the upper class. And I was like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And so that was the seed that was planted by my dad. But even after that, Jerry, like, honestly, I was like, that's a cool thing. Like, I'll give it a shot. Having no idea what it meant to, to get into that school. But what solidified me wanting to go to the academy was 9-11, my senior year. That's when I felt the first time, like a true calling in my heart of hearts. I was like, this is this is what I'm meant to do. Okay. Yeah. So it kind of your dad got you prepped for it. And then, so something was already there. Yeah. yeah I like that. That's good. No. And uh, so did your dad have a connection to the Academy? No, he didn't have, I mean, so my grandparents, both my grandfathers both served in world war two. None of my, my dad did not serve in the military. So there was no connection there. I right. think he saw the opportunity for me to get a free education that was um, top notch. You know, it was really going to set me on a path for the rest of my life. And so I think he saw that as an opportunity, knowing that they weren't going to be able to pay for college. And that's when he presented it to me as a potential opportunity. So it was a little bit of a, I knew what he was doing. Looking back, I knew what he was doing. But at the time, I had no idea. But I'm so grateful that he kind of planted that seed. Well, that speaks a lot to your dad and that he was looking basically two years out knowing that he wasn't going to get to deliver on something he would want to deliver on and still finding a way to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, I, at the time it, during basic training, I dropped a four le- couple four letter words about my parents being like, I can't believe you made me go here. Um, but you graduate and you get away from that place for maybe I'd say probably about after five years after being away from that place, you really start to see the impact it has on your life. And so now as I look back, I'm so incredibly grateful for those five years. Did you get to play hockey? Well, I played on, I was not good enough to play on the D1 team. I'm only five, six, right? Like you gotta be pretty big to play D1 hockey. So Um, five, nine with skates. Yeah. If that, (laughs) Um, but I did get to play on the club team, which was right. That was a blast. I got to meet some really good dudes that we're still close with. And I was able to kind of like represent the Academy in a different way. Uh, until we got shut down for <laughs> for fighting, um, but it was fun at the time. Like we got to play, so that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I always love the stories. I'm glad you brought that up, Jerry. Sometimes when you're in it, you like forget some of the things that that kind of happened while you were there. And so, like on one of our prior episodes, we just talked about like following your passion or following your commitments rather than your passions. And so what were your thoughts? Cause you said you said a couple of four letter words during basic training or whatever else, but when you're going through the Academy, you know, at least for me, when I was there, there are a lot of times where I was like, man, I do not want to be here. You know, I do not want to do this. And luckily, you know, for myself ended up sticking it out and staying through what, um, tell me maybe a, a story or a little bit of what, you like what comes to mind when you start thinking about those times because that is one of the key points I think for all uh, graduates cadets is like you're there some people I I guess some people might like it there I most of the half the time I was there I hated it right Mm -hmm. 
And so I love it looking back now, like you said, on who it made you become. But like while I was there, I was like, man, this is not, this isn't, this ain't it. So what, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? So the reason I wanted to quit at the prep school, I had a high school girlfriend, right? Like I was, I was in love right? the whole thing. But what made me not quit was when I was living down in Texas in fifth grade, uh, everybody plays football down there. And I was like, I'm going to play football. I had never, I'd thrown a football. I had never played tackle football. And so in junior high, I started playing football. I made it through four weeks and I quit and I got picked on. I got ridiculed. I felt just like I wasn't happy with my decision. And so I thought back to that. I remember one night it was like, like probably like day five or day six of basic training. I was laying in bed and I was just, I thought back to that moment. I was like, if you make that decision now on this opportunity, there's no coming back. You don't get a second chance at this. And so I thought really long and hard about like, okay, do you want to quit for something that might not work out with this other girl? Newsflash, it didn't. I'm engaged to somebody completely different. But I thought to myself, I was like, if you quit now, like you're setting a precedence for your life that can be really dangerous. And I, I'm very grateful that I had the, the ability to have that kind of like vision and that like thought process at such a young age at 18. But that impact that happened when I was down in Texas from quitting football had still sat with me for so long that that's what made me want to stay. Gotcha. So um, we always ask our guests uh, and by always uh, the one other guest that we've had at this point <laughs> in the life of our podcast, you know, obviously the title of our podcast is called success without sacrifice. Like, what does that mean to you? Success without sacrifice. When you hear that, you know, break that down and what goes on inside your head. It's a great question. You know, and it's funny that you asked that because I'm coming off of my best year in real estate to date. And I give that to you to say, I've only been doing this three years, but I sacrificed a lot last year and I had a lot of success. And so for me to say what that means, I think I'm in the middle of it. I'm trying to figure out what success looks like without sacrifice. And well, that's so the beauty, that's the beauty of this podcast is yeah, we're I on mean, the same journey. Yeah. It's, and it's cool, right? Like you get to, as they say in football, watch the tape. I went back and looked back at last year, things that went really well, things I could have been better on moments when I wasn't at my best and moments when I was at my highest and I was able to kind of figure out, okay, what is serving me and what isn't? what am I doing that's aligned with me? And what am I doing that is for the wrong reasons? And as I stepped into 2021 in January, I really took a hard look at that. And so success without sacrifice for me now is making sure that all the domains of my life are given the proper attention and that I'm making decisions based on my values and where I want to go, but taking into account what I want my life to look like. Because there's always going to be some level of sacrifice. Always. You just have to make sure that it's worthwhile and it aligns with where you want to go. That's, that's awesome, man. I love what you say there. Like, so our last, the last interview we had was Tristan Amata. And so he's, he's a little bit older guy than us, but, um, and then when I say older guy, I mean like in his journey and like where he's at, and so exactly what you said on like making sure that your life aligns with your values. Like he kept saying that, like everything that he does is based off of his values. He had certain values that he just would not compromise on. And so I think that's like super key. Exactly what you're saying is like looking at reflecting on like what values and is that the way you want your life to look like awesome, you know? Yeah. And I think the hard part, Jacoby, on that is it's your values can change from time to time. What I mean by that is I don't have children yet. I don't. Now I, Lizzie and I will eventually, we would love to have kids if that's what's meant to happen. But my values at that point will probably change a little bit. Now it's gonna be more about being a good father. Now I think there's some underlying values that will carry with what I'm doing now into that. But I think it's a recognition of what those new values are and making sure that they align with where you are in that season of life. And it's okay if they change. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now, looking kind of in the next two years of like, okay, some of these are going to change and that's okay. Um, but I have to practice now of being able to evaluate them. And I think that's going to be one of those intangible skill sets that I can carry on 
you know, as I become like older, like Tristan in his journey, um, hopefully I can carry that as well and kind of adapt when I need to. I think that's probably the biggest shift that I've seen in your life over the last, uh, you know, year to two years is you've always had always by it. When I say always, like since I've known you, which I assume it's probably carried on, you've always had uh, a heck of a work ethic. Um, and whenever you do something, you just jump in and you're all, you're all on board. You're 100% sold in. This is what I'm doing. Um, but where I, where I've seen that possibly hinder you. And I think this is where you've made the shift was that didn't always help you. And I always think about kind of your, your journey with, um, coach Tim Adams. And when you had first started, you were basically working out so much that it was a detriment to, to your health. And on the real estate side of the business, you were just all in, but really didn't have any direction on what does that mean? Okay, I'm starting to experience some success. I'm selling some houses, but you're just starting to stack that stuff on top of each other. So I, in those two domains of your life that I've seen, I'd love to hear kind of your thoughts on your progression over the last year or so with that and going from, you know, just doing the work isn't cutting it. It's actually hurting me more. Yeah. Um, and this is probably a recent development, Jerry, to be honest with you, the, I get kind of goosebumps thinking about it because I've been really focusing on this last couple of weeks. It's, um, I was working out and working hard in my business for the wrong reasons, for recognition, for accolades, for people to say something, oh, hey, good job, to be at the top of a leaderboard. That is what drove me. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But in doing that, I wasn't aligned with what my core values were. I've made the transition, and I'm, let me rephrase that, I'm making the transition in these two areas of my life. I'm now working out for me. I'm working out because it, it makes, I love going to the gym in the morning. It makes me happy. Like yesterday, I posted something about my morning routine. That morning routine makes me happy. Like it fills me up. I'm not just doing it to do it. It makes me happy. And I'm not doing it because I want to outwork everybody or I want the attention. I'm, do, I'm going to the gym because when I'm there, I'm smiling. When I'm there, I know it's making me a better person, the best version of me. On the business side, I was doing it because I wanted to be number one in my company. I wanted to achieve a certain amount of volume in a year. And those are great goals to have. However, when you're chasing that, oftentimes you forget why you got into the business and your why, because now you're chasing a goal. And I feel like that was a big moment for me last year when I was trying to, you know, take the top spot in my brokerage. But in doing that, I wasn't giving the level of service to my clients that they deserve. I wasn't giving the attention to detail in my business that I wanted to provide. And so now I've taken a step back. I'm doing this again for the right reasons. And if those goals come to fruition, it will be because I gave it the right work ethic and the right attention, not because I was focused on the goal, because I was focused on the task at hand. And so that's kind of been my my rewind, taking a step back and kind of looking at a bigger picture instead of just running through the wall all the time. Maybe I just opened the door this time. Yeah. Do you think you had clarity with your why and with your core values prior to that? Or did you have to kind of hone in on your why and develop those core values to figure out that you were heading in a direction that was a little self-serving? I I found my why about eight months into real estate, right? I was able to reflect back on what happened to my parents. You know, we have been in a similar coaching program, was able to have kind of some conversations with people. And I was really able to hone in on why I was doing this. Now, just so I can set the timeline for me, is that, would that be prior to you going to the Yes Masters event where we met or was it, or no. did you come up with that after? After, okay. it was probably two or three months after I got into the inner circle. Okay. Right. So this is probably a year in. And uh, so I had my clear why the first year of real estate was great. I was happy. The second year, right. Went really well. And then what happened was my ego started to feed my brain. I started to get that little taste of success. And I was like, Oh, um, you know, I'm the hottest thing here. And I didn't, I don't feel like I acted like that, but I know for a fact that inside I was feeling that way. And so that must've come off. And so I think I got, uh, the why was still there, but my, my focus was somewhere else. And it was because I was allowing my ego and that immediate success, which is probably one of the more dangerous things that could happen to affect my life. And so now I'm able to kind of take a step back 
and reevaluate and refocus on what I want and why I'm doing this. So as I'm sitting here, Kobe's all quiet, but I know he's got some stuff because that's how it usually <laughs> happens. Jacoby sits back quietly for a while and he unloads some bombs. No, man, I just, I love, I love what you're saying, what you're saying here. Um, really, I kind of want to go, like you said, you started to get some success. What what I'd like to do is kind of go back because like what, there was a lot in what you just said, right? And I think what is really important and what I pull from that and what I really like about your journey is, um, you know, when you start to get success, you know, I, I think we all see things that we want. And it's not, and it's not even possibly like what we want. We see other people have it and then we think we want it and then we get it. And then we're like, well, man, I need to start reevaluating some things, you know? And so that's kind of what it sounds like with your story, but I'd like to go back a little bit and kind of talk about how, cause we're talking about this event that you went to. So like yeah. how I invited you to this, this yes masters event and basically to get coaching for real estate. And so I kind of want, I don't know the full story of what you were doing before. Cause we met, we saw each other at our um, reunion for the Academy. I yep. knew you had just gotten your license and I asked you how things were going and I don't know how they were going, but from the look in your eye, I can still remember where we were sitting at. And in my head, I was like, it ain't going good for him. Basically is what I saw. And so I said, Hey man, you need to come to this event that I'm going to be going to here in the next, I don't remember if it was the next month or two weeks or whatever. I can get you in, just come and see how it is, you know? And so I, that's part of where I see you at, like, and where I've seen you grow from there. And so the thing I know is like, from that point where you were at to where you are right now, I know you had no clue you would be where you are right now making the money you're making right now, having the experiences you're having right now. And so can you just kind of talk about that? And then, you know, because that's a success that you never thought you'd have. And then, you know, obviously we're talking about kind of some changes you were making. So like, we'll kind of like yeah. that out. So what, tell us a little bit about that kind of that story. You are 100% right. It was not going well. <laughs> like I was like, okay, cool. People could call them expired to say up my owners. I was like, I'll call them. I was calling him. I was like, what do you say to these people? I, I had no, I had no idea. And I was just like beating my head. Cause I just quit my job, a decent paying job. And I was like, you know, I started filling out my resume. I started filling out my resume. And uh, that's when I sent you a message on, I think it was LinkedIn or Facebook or something. And we're like, yeah, you're like, Hey, let's chat at our tenure reunion. And you were kind enough to come over in the middle of the event, sit next to me and just chat with me about it. And the event was two weeks later. And without a doubt, I was like, I know this guy. I trust this guy. He's doing things that I want to do. I'm just going to follow up. I was like, I don't know what this is. I'm just going to go. And so I went to that event. And hands down, the first day, I was like, what the hell is this? Um, it was just weird, right? It was like a weird first day because I didn't, I was uncomfortable. I didn't know what I was doing. And by that third I'm day. I'm thinking back on that, knowing <laughs> Kevin's got you up and down. We're walking on rocks. Yeah. We're chanting things like that's just hilarious kind of thinking of the outsider perspective of that i was like i thought this was about real estate i was like what am i <laughs> doing here i was like holding the rocks i was like screaming at a wall i was like this is insane i was like i was like what i was like is this some like multi-level marketing scheme like what do we just do <laughs> you know and um I, i'll never forget i was sitting in the back because i was so scared right like i was nervous i wasn't confident who i was and by the end of that event which was three days i was like i came home and I was just like, holy crap, my life just changed. I now have direction, right? Because you guys talked about like you had a lot of, uh, I think Jerry, you said it, you have direction, but no clarity. I felt like my life was, you know, all speed. I was running fast, I was moving, but I had no vector. I had no direction on where I was going. And so I was constantly just like all over the place. And when I walked out of that event, I had a framework of something that I knew would work because I knew that I could build a business based off all the relationships I've created by living here. I love talking to people. I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of relationships. And so when I heard that, I was like, that's how I want to build my business. And so it was in that moment where I was like, okay, I'm just going to adopt this. Right. And I'm just going to do exactly what I'm told and just see what happens. Right. Cause I don't know any better. And so I did it for a year. 
and I'm still doing it. But the first year I was just like, wow. Right. I sold 31 homes. It was like 330 in GCI, which was, I've never made that much money. That's insane. I was like, I was like, what do, you, what do people do with this money? Right. I was like, so maybe I should make a suit out of all these dollar bills. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Right. And so I was like, I got in my second year and I was like, maybe that was a fluke. Right. Maybe how, how do you do that again? And then my second year I doubled it. I was like, what? So stop right there. So, yeah. so you, you did it the first year, right? The other thing that I think is awesome is like, you have no kids, you have nothing. Yeah. Like that is an awesome income, right? So yeah. a single dude, but talk about that. So like, maybe it was a fluke because you have yeah. success. You did it in the beginning. You said, I know this can work. And then you're like, Oh, this is a fluke. What is that about? I don't want to be a flash in the pan. I didn't want to be a one hit wonder. I didn't want to be, you know, Hanson with Mbop. I wanted to be much bigger than that. And so I got out of that being like, okay, I've really tapped into a lot of my relationships. Who's left? And I was like, how do you, how do you recreate that? Like, how do you, you know, is it beginner's luck? Is it, is it something I can do again? I was like, well, I don't, I don't know how to recreate it, but what I do know is that that worked. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And so I, as I went into the second year, I had a little bit of like that voice in my head being like, can't do that again, can't do that again. And then it started to happen. And about four months into my second year, things were moving, I had a heart attack. And uh, that derailed me for a few months, right? Like that was a mental, that was a mental hangup. Did not expect that to happen, did not see that coming. And at 34, didn't really know how to react to that. And so now I had this voice in my head of like, hey, don't be a flash in the pan. Hey, you have this major issue going on right now. How can you get past that? And I would say probably for two to three months, I was in a dark spot. I was angry at the world. I was angry at myself. I was playing the victim card. And then I think it was like right, right around the end of that third month after my heart attack, so right around July, I was like, all right, you got to get back to work, dude. So I started doing the same thing. And the last five months of my 2019 were insane in business, incredible. By doing that, it also helped like lift me back up out of that dark hole. So like, it's funny how like things, one thing rises and the other thing gets pulled up with it. And so that's what happened in my second year. Like, I didn't think I could do it again. I had the cards and the odds stacked against me, just like anybody potentially could with some external event. But I was so proud of myself that I fought through that and was able to kind of get back to work even when I didn't want to. Sorry, I went off on a little tangent there, but you're good. I like that. And so that was the year that we had Kevin's event and you emceed it, right? Was that the, you emceed it at the end of that year? I think I was uh, one of the speakers that year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I remember getting on stage and talking about it. That was the first time I had talked about it. Yeah. That was like, I was like, if there's one thing that I know, from my experience with post-traumatic stress is the ability to talk about it and normalize things helps with the, like, uh, the recovery, the, the acceptance, all of that. And so I was like, Kevin's like, we talk about it on stage. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll talk about it. I was so nervous getting up there, but like telling that story and walking off, I was like, it felt like it had never happened. It felt like it was over. And I was just like, that was, that was a cool experience. I think that was huge for you because since then, I think you've become you know, pretty well an open book and an open book to anyone. Like I hear you talk to people, at, you know, like in the hallways at the events we've been to and just people that you don't even really know. And uh, you probably freak some people out sometimes and that you just, you just spill it. Yeah. It's uh, I'm trying to be a little more thoughtful and aware of people that maybe aren't willing to, uh, to listen to that. But yeah, we definitely become an open book. I just feel like we all struggle with certain things in real estate and in business. And the more we talk about it and the more we realize it's a normal thing, the more we can work through it because now we know we have some support. My question for you on that is, did you have a struggle talking about it before? And then if you did, what was that struggle? Was it um, you didn't want to talk about it? Was it you were wondering what people would think about you? What, what, what kind of was your maybe hang up with possibly talking about it or were you just scared about what would happen? I think there was two things. That's a great question. The two things that were, were hard for me is like one, I hadn't accepted what happened. Right. So I really downplayed what had happened. 
my sister's a nurse and I was talking to her about it. I was like, what's like the severity of what happened? She's like, it's pretty high. I was like, oh, okay. And so I was afraid to talk about it because I was still scared of like what my future was going to hold. I didn't know what it was going to look like, right? Like that changed my life like that. And it's not like I'm not a healthy guy, right? Like I have some unhealthy habits, but like for the most part, I take care of my body. Well, you didn't even call it a heart attack at first. I remember like a social media post with you in the bed. Oh yeah. You're like, I wasn't feeling good. And uh, yeah. I don't remember exactly what you said, but it, cause then when you came back and said, Oh, I had a heart attack. I'm like, well, that's not what he said to begin with. Yeah. And I was, I think there's one of those things where at the time I didn't want to show that I was a weak in any like that I was weak in any way. And I know that's not a weakness, but to me it felt like, Oh, like I felt like that was a, uh, a chink in my armor. Like that was something that somebody could hold against me. And so talking about it, I was afraid to do it because I didn't want anybody, I didn't want the sympathy. I didn't want anybody to, you know, like to come up to me and worry about me all the time. Like I didn't need that attention. So that's why I kind of just kept it in, which any therapist is going to tell you suppressing that's probably not a good idea. So once I got it out, it was like this weight came off and I felt like a brand new person. Yeah. It's always awesome. I, I love, I love hearing that. Cause I've had a couple of experiences like that. And once I, I describe it as like, yeah, either like a monkey off your back or like a weight off your shoulders. And like, once you had that, that experience, you can really start to, for one, allow people to come in and get to know you for who you actually are. You know what I mean? I think that has really come through, especially watching your journey. So I think that's, man, that's, that's really good. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think about a lot back to that first event. And just how kind you both were to me. Well, my first impression <laughs> of you is a lot different than who you are in that I would have never guessed like you and Jacoby were good friends. Cause there's a couple of times we went to the back and we're, we're chatting with you and like, we asked you to go out to eat and you're like, nah, and you're just, uh, you seem kind of put off. And then Jacoby explained that you were just a, a deer in the headlights at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of cash back then either, right? Like I definitely floated that on a credit card. So that was kind of my thing. I was like, all right, here we go. Right, hotel, airfare, you name it. But if you look back on that, like that's a completely different person. Just, I was so lost, so lost. Uh, and I laugh because like, I'm so like happy with the way things have played out. Um, but you know, you look back at the first time, finally like when we were in basic training, Jacoby, like the first day we walked in, we were probably just like, what is going on? Like it was, it was a trip. And you wouldn't even commit to like the back row. Cause you didn't want to get called out in the back row. So you were like the second to back row, you know? Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so here, next question is obviously um, you've had some success now, right? Talk to me a little bit about you've had the success, like massive success. And so this is a self-serving question for me because once you have success and you think about what you can do, like, let's say you're at one level and you're like, Oh, well, I think I can do this, but you so far blow past that. Right. Like this is something I never even thought was even a possibility. That's a struggle in, in itself. And so once you get there, there's a, a tendency to get complacent and do that. So what, what keeps you going now, now that you, you know, are at the place where you're at currently, how do you keep yourself fired up? How do you keep yourself like what keeps you going at the moment? I've never, I don't think I've ever struggled with pushing myself to be a better version of me. Ever since I started on this like, personal growth path back in 2015, um, it's just been something that I'm always looking to be better at some aspect of my life. So last, last year in 2020, I did 52 transactions. That was a lot of work for for, for me, it's just me. I want to do that same amount, but make it way easier, be more efficient. What motivates me as well is I'm about to get married. I'm about to start this whole next chapter of my life, right? And I want to be a really good husband. I want to be a really good son, a really good brother, a really good friend. And all of those parts of my life went to complete, they went to zero last year. Now they're fine now because I put a lot of work into it but I don't want it to be that yo-yo effect. So what motivates me now is to be good and efficient in my business, really efficient, but also be the best of all those things that I just mentioned so that I can have a really good holistic life because success without relationships doesn't mean anything to me. 
I'll take relationships every day. But having both of those, I think, is really kind of like that sweet spot. And so I'm really trying to like figure out like how do you massage and manage that so everything's kind of working harmoniously together. And that's what stays keeps me motivated because it's a constant check-in of all of those and a true evaluation and honest evaluation of myself, whether or not I'm the best at that. And if I'm not, asking myself what I can do or what I can remove to get better at that. And so that's what motivates me on a regular basis. So what is something that you've had to remove? Yeah, I've removed alcohol from my life. I wasn't a big drinker before. I really wasn't. Like I like to have, you know, a few drinks from time to time. You have a few drinks on Friday, sleeping a little bit on Saturday. Maybe have a couple drinks on Saturday, sleeping on Sunday. Monday rolls around, can't get to the gym. And I was like, hmm, I don't want that to be that, that one, I don't feel good. Two, my mental games are just completely foggy. So I've removed that. I'm the best version of myself when I go to sleep and wake up at a consistent time. I can get work done and then spend time with my the people that are important to me. So I've removed that. I've also removed caffeine. So I've been drinking this. We talked about this earlier. That made me really anxious, really anxious. And when you are you know, operating out of anxiety, it's not the best heart stance to be in. So I removed that as well. And so those are two like things that I've done to remove. And the other one that I've kind of started to remove is some people from my life and not to be like rude, but I've really started to create some boundaries and limitations around conversations that I have time that I spend with them because I don't want to be like them when I grow up. And in doing that, it's caused a little bit of friction but I know that if the relationship is a true relationship, we'll be fine. And I also know that I'm doing what's best for me and my family because that's important to me. And the negative voices and the negative thoughts or the shoulds or shouldn'ts or woulds or coulds or whatever they want to say to me, like, this is my life. You don't get to have a say. So I've really started to like take a hard look at some relationships, Jer, and um, put a, a barrier between me and them uh, to protect myself. And how's that been um, knowing you and how relational you are? This uh, got to be probably a little harder than the caffeine and alcohol. It, honestly, it was a little bit hard at first, right? But what I've come to realize is those relationships were taking away space, mental capacity for me to have deeper relationships with other people because I've spread too thin. Mm-hmm. And so now that I've kind of taken that back, I'm not pouring, pouring, pouring. Now I can take some time and really give the energy into the relationships I want and strengthen those. Because to me, those deep relationships, now that I'm 36 going on 37, like that's where the, that's where the magic is. Like, I don't need all these superficial relationships. I can have those. Those are great. And they serve a purpose, but the deep relationships are the ones that are going to have an impact on me, my life, my future. And so I want to invest in those. And so it was hard at first. But once I had that kind of that moment of clarity, knowing that these deeper relationships are going to serve a much larger purpose, it got really, really easy. Awesome, man. It's all good stuff. I'm loving, <laughs> loving everything that I've heard, man, especially I love relationships, which is all we, I mean, that's all we talk about a lot in this, in the, our podcast. I'm always shocked. We only, we probably only come back to a few tenants that we talk about over and over and over again. One of them is definitely relationships. The other is a concept of like beginning with the end in mind or having like clarity on what you want, which is always hard, you know, because it's can be changing from time to time. But those are all tenets that I think are really, really good. And I really like what you said at the beginning about um, your values, you know, sticking, sticking with your values. And the one thing I know is like a lot of the Academy guys, you know, we have, you know, integrity first service before self and excellence and all we do. And so like that comes out in who you are. And so I know that's partly a little bit of why you're successful, you know? And so those are some of the values that I kind of see and it comes out in your relationships and, and in your business. So it's been really good, man. I appreciate that. And I want you guys to know, I think, I think it was episode 14 where you guys were talking about making hard decisions. And I was talking to Jerry and he's like, Hey, you should go listen to that one. I had to make a big decision recently and um, it helped me a lot. And so I just want to say thank you because it helped provide a lot of like, help confirm some of my thoughts. It helped me kind of have like a framework of what to think about it. I think Jacoby, you said, 
that, you know, once you make the decision, if, it, if you start to move away from that, your energy starts to drop a little bit and you, you're less likely to make that decision. And so I heard that and I was like, I got to do this now. And so I just want you guys to know you're having an impact. Like this podcast is having an impact. It had an impact on me. And it's something that I removed from my life. Don't really want to talk about that on this podcast, but it was a big decision for me and it served me really well. And so I just want to say thank you to you both for helping me get through that. It's awesome, man. I appreciate it for sure. I love it. I love it when people get real because I feel like we walk through life sometimes and we lie to ourselves. And when I say we lie to ourselves, I mean, I lie to myself, you know, and that's, that's one thing that I've concentrated on, especially over this last year is like, if I can't be truthful to myself, which what I found out is that I would say little things and I wouldn't do them. And that's like a slow burn that I did not like, you know, and so you got to be truthful to yourself and then you can be truthful to other people. You know what I mean? And so I just, I love that, man, especially you, whatever, you you know, the decision that you made is like when people make hard decisions, it's like, it's life changing. And I love, I love to see people's, I, I just, that like gives me goosebumps is when people make decisions that end up impacting their life, you know, because that's like what truly matters down in your soul, you know? Yeah. I agree. Like as you're adding, like, you know, as you're looking at getting married um, and then when you, you know, if you guys have kids, like you said, really helps you get some focus on making some of those decisions. You know, in that episode 14, we talked about some tough decisions we had to make and it really came down to, at the end, as soon as I could answer the question, was it a better decision for my wife and my kids? And it was, then none of the other stuff mattered. And so instead of spreading yourself out as far as, is this a good decision for everybody? Nope, I'm bringing it home. I bring it in. And does this decision affect us in the right positive way? And if the answer is yes, then the decision's a no brainer. And you just, you know, you take the consequences of yeah. whatever comes from it. I mean, I had to get out of that high school mindset. The high school mindset that you had to impress everybody. The high school mindset that you had to have the cool clothes with cool car so that people would like you. It's like, screw that. Yeah. I'm gonna I don't do think this. that's the high school mindset. I think that's the, the life mindset. Yeah, but it starts in high school. That's like where it starts, like middle school, high school. It's like, yeah. they dress cool. I want to be like that. I means I have to dress like that. The truth is just be you. And so that decision got really easy, Jerry, when like you framed it that way. And I was like, this is what's going to be best for me. There's no other, that's end of sentence, end of sentence. Let's go. We don't have to dive into it in a, in a super deep way, but I would like to hear, because uh, obviously you're putting in some work on yourself. Uh, you know, you kind of got your business honed in. You're doing some work on yourself because, you know, I hear you saying, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, but you're obviously not doing that by yourself. Like somebody's helping you know, walk you through that. I don't need to, you know, you don't need to talk about who, but I want to know the process you're taking and the tools and the resources you're putting in your life to help you move this thing forward. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a coach, I have two coaches that I meet with on a, on a weekly basis. So two weekly calls, I think it's there to help uh, identify blind spots. I think they're professional question askers, perspective changers, right? That's what they do. And I think having that has, um, started to build some level of frameworks that I can use. And the frameworks that I'm talking about are journaling. Like I have specific things that I journal about in the morning, about my life, about my goals, all of that. And then I have specific things that I journal at night to help kind of shut my mind down and go to bed and kind of bookend the day. That's been a really big thing for me. Another one of the things that I've been doing and I continue to do is just I've prioritized my recovery over my workouts. Your physical recovery? Physical recovery. So I've prioritized sleep in the past probably month. And in doing that, my productivity, my happiness, or my mood, should I say not happiness, my mood has all kind of elevated. And my workouts have gotten better. So instead of like beating myself into the ground every single day, I make sure that I'm fully recovered. And if I'm not, then I adjust my workouts. And that's been really helpful because that to me is self, that's self-love, right? Like mm-hmm. that's me taking care of myself instead of just putting myself through the ringer for the sake of putting myself through the ringer to impress everybody. No, I'm taking care of my body. And so it's really about the overall, I guess, topic would be getting back into alignment with who I am, right? Stop doing things that bend my alignment and suck my energy out and instead bring it back to exactly who I am, my core values, 
who Sergio is um, and making sure those decisions align with that. And if they don't, evaluate it, work through it. And if there's a hard decision to be made, make that hard decision. I love it. We've gotten into some great stuff here. There is one story and uh, this is probably going to, it could either lighten it up or it could really uh, be a magnifying glass into who Sergio is. So you told a story one time uh, when you were in training and you guys had to, and you'll, you'll have to break it down on all the specifics, but you, you had to go out and for a week or whatever, you had food and you traded your food. Yeah. So I want to hear, you got to tell me this because this I thought it was hilarious. But so, yeah, we're going to have to back up a little bit on this one. Yeah. But the story goes, right? So we graduated from the prep school. We had like, I think it was six weeks off before our second basic training at the Air Force Academy. Well, during those six weeks, I decided it'd be a great idea to eat fast food and drink 30 packs of beer every day. I was 18 years old. I was having a great time. I went from 155 to 192, 190 <laughs> five, pounds checking into basic training. Five um, foot six. Yeah. At five foot six. Yeah. I did not, I could not get the weight off. I could not get the weight off. Like I was losing a little bit of weight, but pattern, old patterns die hard. And so my freshman year is getting picked on. Just didn't like it. So after your freshman year at the Academy, you go into survival training um, and you're out in the woods for 10 days. And in those 10 days, you're with eight people to start. And they give you two chickens and a rabbit, live chickens and a rabbit. They teach you how to kill them and eat them. You eat the, everything. So you're not wasting anything. They also give you two uh, MREs, military ready to eat, which is about, I'd say 5,000 calories each in each box. So we're out in the middle of the woods. We finished up the rabbits and the chickens between the eight of us, which is not a lot of food. And there's two football players in my group. And they're like, hey, we, you know, we want to make the team next year. We can't lose all this weight. I was like, I'll sell you my, I'll sell, sell you my MREs. They're like, really? I was like, yeah, I just get to keep the Tabasco sauce um, from both of them. And they're like, okay, how much? I was like, 200 bucks. They're like, each? I was like, yep. Okay. Because at the Academy, you didn't make a lot of money. So I had no cash. I was like, yes. So I gave it to them. They gave me the Tabascos. The reason I kept the Tabasco sauce was because sometimes during survival training you'd get to a checkpoint which is like you would hike there all day with your like your rucksack on it was like six or seven miles you'd get there and sometimes they would give you like a little bit of food and be like rice with like dirt and chew spit in it it was disgusting but i knew that tabasco if i put a little bit in there it would mask the flavor and i can get some calories in so i kept those way to think ahead yep <laughs> and so i get back from those 10 days and i've lost 24 pounds <laughs> i was like I'm back, baby. I'm back. You know, I was like, I feel good. I look good. I got home. My mom's like, you look emaciated. You look terrible. I was like, but mom, check this out. Look at my six pack. And she's like, all right, whatever. So that was kind of like what started me back on this health thing. I was like, you know what? We're back. We're not going to lose this. And I just kept running with it after that. So <laughs> made 400 bucks, lost 24 <laughs> pounds. I was good, man. I felt good coming out of that. You could start like a diet program. Yeah, I don't know that. I can't. The best part, Jerry, is I came back because you're out there and you're hiking around, and they're like, everybody starts talking about what they want to eat. It's like, oh, I want chocolate donuts. I was like, you know, I want a pizza. When we get back, I'm going to order a large pizza. We get back, I order a large pizza. I have four bites, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my god, out. I slept. My stomach hurt so bad because it was so small. It, the rest of the pizza just sat there, like you couldn't eat it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had four bites yeah. after 10 days and I thought it was going to be the best thing ever. It was actually extremely painful. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Man. Oh man. I just had so many memories running through my head when you're telling that story right there, my brother. <laughs> that was a trip. That was it, a trip. As an outsider, it's a, it's a lot of fun to uh, hang out with you two and coach Tim and get you guys going. Cause I don't, I just sit back. I'm a fly on the wall and listen to you guys just go and go and go. Yeah, that place definitely cool. gave a lot of laughs, a lot of memories, a lot of tears, um, a lot of injuries. But outside of that, it was a pretty good experience. For sure. So, well, what else awesome, you got, man. Jacoby? Man, I don't, have, I don't have anything else. The only thing I've got is maybe uh, what do you have any parting shots from Surge and then um, – after that, where can people find you and if they want to reach out and, uh, you know, say anything to you? Yeah. I guess my only parting shot is one, make sure that you're living a life that you're proud of. Something that you want to look back on. And if there was a movie 
you would want to watch it. And more importantly, I think if there's a level of just like accepting things, some things are going to work out, some things aren't. But when you just kind of have that mindset that no matter what happens, it's going to be okay and you'll be able to work through it, life gets a little bit easier. So for me, that's kind of been my thought process over the last couple of years. And then this year, it's all about just executing on what I say I'm going to do. You can find me on Instagram at Shodio, S-H-O-W-D-I-O, wait, S-H-O-W-D-I-O, or on Facebook or LinkedIn, any of them. So just type in Sergio Denver and I'm sure I'll pop up. And he is the one guy in my sphere that's uh, rocking on TikTok. Oh, yeah, or TikTok. TikTok's <laughs> pretty fun. TikTok. <laughs> awesome, brother. We appreciate it. And, uh, yes, great, great uh, hearing from you and hearing your stories. Thanks, fellas. Man, oh, man, what a great time it was interviewing Sergio. I always find it pretty fascinating that when you interview somebody you know, and you start to dive into certain questions, so many things pop up that you didn't know about them. I had a blast talking with Sergio. Would really encourage you guys to uh, connect with him. He is awesome. The two best ways that I think you could catch up with Sergio is on Facebook, and that's Sergio Nazaro, N-A-Z-Z-A-R-O. And I know he is also working on building that TikTok audience. Uh, he has some personality that comes out uh, in his video, so you check him out. Really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to today's podcast. As always, you can check us out on Facebook, Success Without Sacrifice, the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. Always love for you guys to comment and post on that page. Love connecting with you guys and hearing what is on your mind. If you have any topics that you would like Sergio and I to dive into, we would love uh, to take that task on. And also, as we are starting to add interviews, if you know somebody that you think would be a great interview on our podcast, would love for you guys to connect them to us, and we would have a blast doing that. These interviews are turning out to be a lot of fun. Again, check us out on Facebook, Success Without Sacrifice, and Thanks for listening. If you could leave a five-star review uh, wherever you are listening to your podcast, and if you have a couple extra seconds, go ahead and type in a great review. It is always appreciated. We look forward to talking to you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes. 